0: Everyone. This is Mike Howell. Welcome to another episode of Anatomy of a Chef, where I chat with talented chefs who make your dining experience unforgettable. On today's episode, I chat with Executive Chef Bob Vanigan. Bob is the president of ChefBob.com, one of Birmingham, Alabama's top caterers. He's since turned the company over to his children to run because Bob's main focus is being the culinary director of his church, which is the Olive Baptist Church in Pensacola, Florida. As the culinary director, he's in charge of their catering business, which happens to be a nonprofit operation. All the money that's made beyond the cost of the food is deposited into an escrow account for the church to use for capital improvements. Talk about giving back. This guy gives back big time. He's also a culinary instructor at the Christian Culinary Academy and also a guest instructor at the Istanbul Culinary Institute. You heard me, Istanbul Turkey. And He's got a pretty interesting story in the, in the interview where he traveled to Turkey and cooked, for, cooked southern food, southern down-home Alabama food for the people of Turkey. And they loved it, as you can imagine. Fried chickens loved everywhere you go. He wears many hats, but his biggest hat is given back to his church and communities. Bob was truly a funny, really pleasure to have on the show. I hope you enjoy him as much as I did. And please enjoy Chef Bob again. Chef Bob, welcome to the
1: show. Hey. Hey, Mike. How are you doing?
0: Very well, thank you. And yourself?
1: Fantastic. Great to hear
2: you know, I was um, going over your bio and your resume, and you've accomplished so much that I have no idea where to start.
1: So. Yeah, um, and you're... that's just kind of a kind of an outline <laughs> of, of the real.
2: <laughs> it's much more detailed than 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 what you've written, I'm sure. Oh um, yeah. Let's talk about what you're doing today with the catering business and with the church and the other things you're involved with and where you're going to be in the coming weeks. Cause we talked uh, last week on the phone and you were telling me your yeah. schedule. So kind of give us an overview of, of what's the things that you're involved with and how it, how it uh, not dictates your life, but how you kind of run your, your busy life around your commitments to the church and to your catering and and all the sure. the giving that you do cuz you do a lot of giving giving Yeah, money.
1: we uh <clears throat> we uh, actually have a, a business in Birmingham and uh it's uh, chefbob.com catering and um so we turned that business over to our children when we came oh, okay. to Pensacola um to uh, kind of take over the ministry, uh, the food service ministry here at Olive Baptist, uh, which is a it's a large church. We have uh, 13,000 members. Wow, and, uh, growing like crazy. Uh, we just completed a seven and a half million dollar building just for sixth, seventh, and eighth grade ministry.
3: Oh goodness! And um,
1: we're in the process of of designing a uh, two two million dollar kitchen and a $5 million banquet facility. And, wow. Um, so, it, yeah, it's busy. It's like a small city here in uh, at Olive Baptist here in Pensacola. But um, when uh, I kind of answered that call to, um, to come here, um, I, I, n- I never thought I would leave Birmingham and leave the business, you know. Well, mm-hmm. I haven't really left the business. I'm still the president. I still make some of the big decisions, but, you know, the children, my adult children run it, and uh, they're doing really well with it. And I'll, okay. I'll drive, it's only three and a three-and-a-half-hour drive, so I drive up on weekends and uh, help on big functions and VIP functions and that kind of thing. But Gotcha. But uh, so when we were, came here in June 2013, my wife and I, um, wow, we really saw a, a huge need for uh catering and um and there's a few you know pretty good caterers here in town in pensacola but um you know i knew the talent that we had as a as a couple you know we've been married 33 years this year and we've been in food service you know ever since we met,
3: we actually met at
1: pizza. <laughs> yeah thanks yeah we actually met at pizza hut i was a cook and she was a waitress and Technically, I'm still a cook, and she's still kind of a waitress. She serves <laughs> the people, and I cook the food. So it's kind of it's kind of funny how it's developed. It
3: is funny. But
1: yeah, we, um, yeah, you know, I, I headed feet first right into um, to starting catering down here. So I set up a nonprofit uh, catering company. It's called uh, Olive Catering dot org. Mm. And um, so we. Uh, we handle everything, you know, from high end weddings to box lunches to whatever. And what that did was it created um uh jobs for people. It also created um more work for the existing crew we had. Oh, and good. um so we uh and you know when people you know order a wedding cake from me or they they order, you know, whatever, uh, they were at a checkout to Olive Baptist. And then that goes right through the administration. And then any leftover money goes into an escrow account, and then we use that for ministry.
3: Oh, uh, whether nice. Whether it be
1: buying a, buying a piece of equipment or uh, buying chef jackets for, um, we just recently bought some chef jackets and shoes and pants for uh, uh, a guy that his house burned down, his trailer burned down, oh, and all his clothes. So I said, you know, hey, that's the least we can do is get you some jackets and shoes and get back to yeah. work, so... Um so yeah, just stuff like that and you know we we feed homeless folks sometimes and it's just it's it's a huge huge thing we do. Uh, you know, not just catering but you know we generate that those funds so we can have extra money to use in the ministry. Right. And um and we it's it's taken off. We haven't been advertised really. We have a we do have a Facebook page, uh, Olive Catering Facebook page, but um mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't advertise, and we're booked. I mean, we stay booked, and um, <laughs> so it's uh, uh, really taken off. And I um,
3: actually how spoke at
1: um, Houston's First Baptist at the um, Global Association of Christian Hospitality Professionals about developing your own catering in, inside a ministry,
3: hmm. and
1: um, and so I'm doing that same kind of speech. Uh, next week at um, Cannon Beach, Oregon at the uh, Christian Chefs International Conference. Oh, okay. uh, Where's that going to be held at? Yeah, that's in Cannon Beach, Oregon. Oh, Oregon. uh, Yeah, it's the first week of uh, March, and it's uh, usually always the first week of March is when uh, and that website is uh, christianchefs.org and you, you can go on there and see all what we do and and uh we actually have a school. This is the Christian Culinary Academy. And um I serve on the board of that as well. And um so I'll I'll teach for a couple of days while I'm there. Is
2: that and up in then, Oregon uh, as well?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's oh. on the same campus as Christian Chefs International.
3: Oh okay.
2: And um
1: okay. it's a beautiful, beautiful town. I mean, it's it's definitely a um a destination town. Yeah. And so we've put feelers out, um, to chefs all over the nation that we want you to come teach at our school and um, you know, we'll take care of your lodging and, and pay you a hundred dollar uh honorarium uh for teaching for one day. So basically you know, you get out there and you can have a have a free vacation and you can teach two or three days if you want. Are
2: you get many bites on that?
1: Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, we okay. we um and this way, we don't have to really hire a, another full-time instructor, and um, and and the kids get to see so much diversity, you know, mm-hmm. of chefs. And um, and and one one guy asked us, uh, "Do I have to be a Christian to do this?" And I said, <laughs> "No, you don't. Uh, we just want you know to." Learn what your God-given talent is. <laughs>
3: right, right. <laughs>
2: and he was like,
1: "Okay, well, I'll get back with you." So that was kind of oh, interesting. That's
2: cool. Yeah, that yeah. was kind of interesting. That's cool. How long is um, so the Christian Chefs International? That's a culinary
3: school. Correct.
1: Yeah, it's uh, called the Christian okay. Culinary Academy. Oh, okay. And um, and it's um, it's basically a nine-month. It's actually a 12-month course. Three months is internship. Mm. And, uh, uh, like, when I go out there next week, I'll be interviewing a couple of students for internship with me for the summer. Oh, okay. Uh, Last year I had one girl from uh, Cannon Beach uh, from the Christian Culinary Academy as an intern, and I had a guy from uh, the Culinary Institute of Istanbul, and uh, he was here for the summer. And uh, that was, that was fun.
2: I bet, I bet. How did you get involved with um, Istanbul Culinary Institute? Is that through this organization?
1: Well, uh, no, I just was invited by a friend. There was a a food festival. It was called the Yemek Festival in um, uh, Istanbul. And um, so uh, it all started with a a, a Korean gentleman who – is kinda of like the Korea's public relations guy to Istanbul. That's what oh, his okay. job is. Okay. And so his idea was to create this festival that had several chefs doing a tasting. So he had a we had a Korean chef, Iranian chef, um Turkish chef and an American chef and uh you know, I was the American chef obviously.
3: Uh-huh.
1: And um yeah, just to be invited was an honor. So um so, I came out there, and um it was during uh Neuros, which is uh, the Iranian New year, which mm. is a huge celebration for um, for iranis and so they influx um Istanbul by the millions and it's just wow. a huge, huge busy city during that time and um so it was a blast to be able to cook some American food and let people taste that they've never tasted before and Um, So I got, well, the invitation included, hey, we want to hook you up with the Culinary Institute there, and uh, Chef Bora uh, was the lead instructor, and uh, so we could get access to, you know, hot boxes and equipment and whatever and do some prep work. So Uh then he asked me if I would teach when I came something from the South, from the deep South.
3: Oh, um, yeah.
1: That's what I do. I mean, I'm, I'm... you know, a regionally born and regionally raised chef in the Deep South. And so, yeah, sure, you know, no problem. And that was fun. So while I was there, one of the students was my interpreter, um, came along to the festival with me. And uh, he was my interpreter for the media and for other people that were asking questions. And, uh,
3: right.
1: Because he spoke Turkish, Arabic, and Farsi. Oh, okay. in so, uh, English. So, um, so that was fun. And mm-hmm. um, the, the mayor of Istanbul, uh, you know, I did a menu, but he asked me, he, he shrugged his shoulder. He said, No hamburger? And I was <laughs> like, That's just what they expect from America. <laughs> right. Like, where's the hamburger, man? <laughs> that was hilarious. I did uh, fried chicken, mm. macaroni and cheese, black eyed peas. Um, there we go. I did, uh, I did like lemon bars and brownies. And I did a. Uh, mm. They wanted me to do something Turkish friendly. But it had a little oh, okay. southern flair to it, just to to appeal to the folks. So, of course, they love macaroni and cheese and fried chicken. They went crazy. I bet. And um uh, And yeah. I did a um, like a, a a little corn cake, like a corn pancake. Oh. Uh-huh. Um, with uh, some goat cheese and tomato jam on it, like a little appetizer.
3: Oh. Uh-huh.
1: And, uh huh. And oh yeah, that went over big.
2: I bet. I bet. What was the um. Those is there, are those ingredients available in Turkey, or did you, or did you have to like send them down from the states?
1: No, he um, Bora, um, he is such a good guy, man. I mean, we stay in contact once a week. He, oh, um, cool. I, I sent him a list of what I needed. I said you probably can't get all this, but here's what I need, even down to the L- Louisiana hot sauce. I said, well, I know they probably can't get that. <laughs> anyway, so I walk in the kitchen. Everything was there, even the Louisiana hot sauce. Now, buttermilk... Oh, my
2: gosh. How cool.
1: Yeah, buttermilk they didn't have, but Iron is what they have. Now, Iron is just hmm. basically watered-down yogurt, and it's a drink. Oh, okay. And it's okay. almost exactly like buttermilk. So I used Iron oh, instead of buttermilk and uh, for the biscuits and all that. Right. So it worked perfect and uh i I was so shocked to see that gallon jug of Louisiana hot sauce. I was, I was like, he said it wasn't cheap, but I got it for you <laughs>
2: That's awesome
1: that so we cool did stuff. uh when we butchered the chickens for the fried chicken um we cut off all the wings and um and so all the student we cooked all the wings for the students we made a little uh buffalo hot sauce, and oh yeah, they went crazy.
2: they weren't nuts for it, that's yeah. really. Yeah, what was funny
1: was um, I started my little speech. When I I first got to the school in Istanbul, I saw the students sitting in the cafeteria, and they all started whispering to each other. I I was assuming because, oh, here comes the American chef, right? Right. So I get into the class, and they're all paying attention. I said, well, my name's Bob. I'm from America, obviously, and uh, I was born in Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, one of the girls started singing Sweet Home Alabama.
2: No way.
1: <laughs> and I, it blew my mind. I was like, I'm in Istanbul, Turkey, and somebody's singing Sweet Home Alabama? And in, in her Turkish accent, which was even better.
3: Oh, I bet.
1: <laughs> and uh, was
3: that?
1: Oh, man. So I felt right at home right, right then. And then so we spent two days together, me and the students, you know, just cooking and having fun and, and, and also involved in the festival. And then, uh, man, when it was time to go, I was like, I also brought my cookbooks for everybody. So everybody got a cookbook. Oh, yeah. And um, they, I mean, they thought it was like I was giving them gold or something. You know, it was just a paperback <laughs> cookbook. But but they loved it and I uh, signed each one to all the kids. And um, so um, I got ready to go, and one of the girls started crying, and then somebody else started crying, and then... I teared up. I was like, oh, my God, you know. <laughs> and it was like this love connection with all those people. And um,
3: wow.
1: so the guy that was my interpreter, uh, his name was Jihat, he said, um, Chef, I would love to come to America and work with you. And I said, well, maybe I can work an internship out. If you can afford to get over here, and over to the United States, he said, no problem. Oh, neat. Nice. So I worked it out, and uh, he came, and he stayed with me a whole summer, and it, it was a blast. Learned how long a lot ago from was him. that? He learned a lot from us.
2: That's cool.
1: So I'm looking how, forward to how, seeing him again too.
2: Yeah. How long ago was that?
1: Uh, last year. I'm sorry. So I'm going back again uh, at the end of March. I was going to go a little earlier, but we, we we're involved in uh, Mission of Mercy in Florida, which is um, uh, 200 dentists donate their time. For two days, and they set up a, like a MASH unit at a high school, and um, people with no insurance for dental come in. They've been pre-screened, and they do extractions and um, all kind of stuff. They do root canals and the whole bit right there on the gym floor. Wow! And so they set up uh, cubicles and just like a regular MASH unit. And so we're uh, we're feeding the uh, volunteers, which is 1,500 volunteers, breakfast and lunch. For Holy
2: those three smokes. days. Where's that taking so place at?
1: Uh, here in Pensacola at uh Oh okay. At yeah, Woodham High School. So they I'm do sorry, that every year school? in a different in a different city, in a different uh state every year. And um Oh okay. Well throughout the year. Not just one particular time, but yeah. I was very amazed at how they pulled this together and and they serve like three to four thousand people in those two days
2: how do they get the word out for people to come and utilize the service?
1: I'm not a hundred percent sure. I don't know mm. how they do that, but that's a good question. I'm going to ask uh, the director of that uh, we have a conference called tomorrow. So, yeah, it's good. Do um, they have a website? I think it's called F L A M O M. I believe it's com, but I'm not sure. But, uh, gotcha. yeah. M O M is mission yeah. of mercy. And, um, uh, man it's just it's such amazing that those doctors would donate their time for that, and that they actually do you know root canals and extractions and fillings and all that right on site
2: yeah that is pretty amazing that that's very
1: amazing it's so then after that's over i'll I'll be heading back to istanbul and um mm-hmm. the the culinary institute of istanbul um Actually, Bora has moved to another culinary school in Istanbul. It's actually backed by Kendall College from Chicago, and uh, I'm not a hundred a percent sure exactly what it's what the school is called, but it, it's it's there in Istanbul, and it's oh, uh, okay. they have over 200 culinary students there.
2: Gotcha. So Your, that'd
3: be interesting.
2: Um, yeah, it will be interesting. The um... The catering there at the church. How big is your mm-hmm. team? How big is a team that you have to uh, to execute?
1: Well, what you guys we have doing? a uh, we have ten. That's our our base team, and uh, some of those ten only cater, and then some of them also work on the ministry side, like for fellowship dinners or for funerals or for something here at the church. Oh, um, okay. So they they'll double duty. They'll. They'll clock in on catering rather than ministry, and and work with us. And then we have the catering team that that's all they do is cater, and they have other other things going on in their life, you know, and then that they can work just part time.
2: Oh, I got you. And
1: um, <clears throat> and then we have uh, you know over a hundred volunteers registered here at the church that we can pull from. So if we get in okay. trouble, we can uh, call the volunteer coordinator and say, hey, I need six bodies tomorrow. <laughs>
2: Wow. That's yeah. Cool. It's awesome. And it's and you're catering to not it's not strictly church members, it's to anybody who wants to use your services,
3: right?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, to anybody. Oh okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and gotcha. just uh, you can see a little bit of our stuff on the website. Uh there's a gallery there, you can look at pictures and and uh we stay pretty busy. We um there's a new venue that opens um at the end of March. And um they want us just to do all their catering. They don't want any other caterers in there. And, um, wow. So I said, sure, no problem.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I'm building a little micro team just to handle those events, you know, just to make yeah. sure they're covered. And um,
2: So do you, what do you have, to, what do you, do you um, I'm not sure how to ask this question. You do all sure. the prep work there at the kitchens at the church, and then you kind of, Take all your warming trays and stuff on site for the event. How does all that? Yeah, what's it, the it logistics depends of that?
1: on on the menu. Uh, sometimes we cook on site. You know, we have portable ovens and fryers and everything, and um, we have vans and and uh, trailers and all that. You know, enclosed trailers, and wow. so we can you know cook on site. We can build a kitchen on site if we have to. Um, and then you know, some venues have some access to kitchen. Right. Um, so it depends on the menu, but oh, yeah, okay. we have we have a, a nice facility here that we can do all the prep and bring everything in camros if we need to.
2: Gotcha. So can you kind of with the catering thing? Can you kind of walk us through the process of hiring you? Like, um, sure. These, these folks contact you just for the listeners who kind of maybe someone out there who doesn't understand how all the catering hiring process works it's like what occurs during the initial meeting, you know, on the day of the event, uh the meal prep, of the services, that kind of stuff. How does yeah, what's the so, process
1: for hiring you know, you usually it's a phone call or an email. Um somebody, a lot of people look at the website first and then they'll uh they'll uh, send me an email and then I'll and then I will um get back to them and ask them uh, what their preferences are like and what they would like to do as far as the menu goes oh, okay. and um, uh, and we'll go from there we'll set up a tasting um, and then if they if they like us which you know 99.9% of everybody that's been through on a tasting we, we set them up in the kitchen so it's kind of like a chef's table
3: oh, Okay.
2: and we do a
1: nice tasting there and I serve them and talk with them and and um and by the time they they leave they usually sign a contract and <laughs> put it down. You know, and then we go from oh, there. Very cool.
0: Very, and then very I'll
1: block cool. that date off and um you know, uh reserve a van and a trailer, you know, from the property here. Right. And then just set up all the employees for those dates and um and then go from there.
2: Go from there. Very cool. Very cool. I want I you also um you've got a pretty amazing uh, story about yourself and it involves the Fit to Eat program and I was hoping to to get involved in that and um, you you say that you lost 100 pounds personally and then your family lost over 300 pounds. What was was the catalyst for that? At what point did you finally say you and your wife maybe say to yourself this has got to end and we need to fix this
3: from a
1: well, Personal. I think it was um and and I'm still very much overweight, but uh you know, I wouldn't be able to do what I do now if I didn't have the 100 pounds off. Um, wow. Yeah, you know, I was I was going home after work and I was having to prop my arms up with pillows and and sleep on the couch sitting up.
3: Oh, goodness.
2: Cuz I couldn't
1: breathe, you know, cuz the fat yeah. was, you know, choking me. And uh so my hips were hurting. And I thought I had maybe had cancer or some kind of something wrong in my bones.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <And> so uh, <laughs>
1: I went to this. Uh, I went to a couple doctors, and they're like, "Well, you know, we we don't really see anything." And so I was like, "There's something wrong." So I finally went to this other doctor. He's a country doctor, and he said he said, "Back up against the wall." So I backed up against the wall, and then he took his arm and lifted my huge belly. He said, "Now, how do you feel?" I said, "Pretty good." He said, "You are fat." that's what's wrong with you. And uh, so he said, "Uh, well, do you want to think about doing, you know, some kind of surgery or what? I said, no. And I said, well, what are the options? And so he told me about some surgery. And so when I went and investigated the surgery, you had to not only lose uh, 30 to 40 pounds before you could have the surgery. Right. uh, You also had to... um, Wait six months, and it was like, you know, $9,000 or something like that, out of pocket. And uh, I was like, I'll forget it. So, yeah, basically what I did, I stopped drinking any kind of alcohol, like any beer, any wine, anything like that. Uh, That was step one. And then just cutting out, you know, refined carbs, you know, like any kind of rice, pasta, and uh, breads, that kind of thing. And then Mm -hmm. uh, the weight just started coming off. Um, started moving around, walking, and making my dinner plate and my lunch plate and my breakfast plate ahead of time so that I, I'd portion it out so I wouldn't eat while I was cooking, you know, like, okay, oh, I well, got this you. is all the food you get. Right. And, um, and I had to learn that when you eat food, even if you have just a little bit of food in your hand, when you eat food when you're hungry, it takes your brain 20 minutes to let you know you ate.
2: Oh, no kidding.
1: So if you eat something small and drink water and suffer hunger for 20 minutes,
3: uh-huh. then uh-huh. it'll
1: click off and you won't be hungry. Hmm. That was hard to learn. but um, So instead of eating a foot-long sub, I started out eating a foot-long sub because that was healthy, right?
3: Oh,
2: so they say, a yeah. a whole
1: foot-long yeah. sub because it's healthy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh, a
1: couple bags of chips, you know. You know, like the little bags they give you, I'd get two bags. Right and a foot-long sub because I thought, hey, I'm healthy, I'm going to do this sub thing. Well, then when I started learning about the 20-minute rule, then I started eating a half of one. And then my Mm. wife and I started splitting a half of one. Oh, okay. And, wow, I mean, if if you're hungry and you can eat something small and drink some water and wait 20 minutes, you will not be hungry. Now, you're going to be hungry again in another hour or two. Right. But eat something small again. So hmm. you know, here I am hundred pounds lighter but and and then I plateaued and I just stopped. So, you know, I'm back on that journey of hey, I need to lose another hundred pounds now. Right. So, uh so I'm working on it. And yeah. uh, I meet with a trainer twice a week and Oh
3: okay. good. He's a
1: really good Christian guy. He he pushes me though. He's he looks like Adonis, I mean he's like totally in shape. But he Adonis. said, you know, eighty <laughs> percent eating and 20 percent working out wow
2: so, so um what were you what'd you weigh at your heaviest
1: 396 pounds wow yeah and i'm so i'm 290 right now so am a little over 100 pounds lighter but um you know for five foot eight that's still a lot of weight to carry around Um
2: yeah that is a lot of weight
1: but um you know, I don't have to do the karate chop to get off the couch anymore.
3: You know, I can actually just
1: <laughs> sit up and power up with my thighs. I don't have to rock a few times to get off the couch. So <laughs> right.
3: <laughs>
1: and, uh, yeah, and, and I don't drink anything except um, uh, water, coffee. Um, very rarely I, I drink tea. But uh, now when I'm in Istanbul, that's all I drink is tea and Turkish coffee. But, um
2: um, when you know, in I'll Rome, right? Huh? <laughs> when in Rome, do as the Romans do, right? Exactly,
1: exactly. Yeah. And um, so, um, yeah, and I'll drink, you know, good healthy juices, you know, occasionally. But my main intake of liquid is water and coffee, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that helps a lot, you know. But not right.
2: I think, yeah, I think it does too. I think it does too. The um, the menu. Oh, here I wrote this down. I wanted to get it. The um, I was looking the, on your website about the menu items for the the fit to eat, and yeah. you yeah. you provide uh, lunches and dinners, and they they run about five to six hundred calories a piece, yep. on the meal. Now I was curious: is that kind of um, uh that's not the whole meal. I mean, they, people can throw in some veggies and that kind of stuff if they sure. want. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, we okay. encourage them to, to add to it. You okay. know, add as much veg and salad or whatever you want to the to the fit-to-eat meals. Yeah, we started, Um, when I started portioning my meals for my wife and I, we would put them in a little Tupperware, and we would do, mm-hmm. like, because we were so busy, we would cook, you know, one or two days a week and just fix for the whole week, you know, mainly right. lunch yeah. and dinner. And um, so a professor at UAB in Birmingham heard about it. He's a, uh, she was a friend of ours, and said, um, uh, "Hey, can you do that for me? And I just pay you."
3: And I <laughs> said, "Well,
1: sure." You know, you know. So I was charging like six bucks you now for per meal. Right. And um, so then a friend of hers heard about it, and then somebody else heard about it. So I was like, "Uh oh!" So this is a business now. <laughs> and so just with three clients, that was. Paying all of our food costs, so it wasn't costing me anything for food uh, for my wife and I. So then I thought, well, this is a really viable business, and um, so we called it "Fit to Eat" because that's kind of like a southern saying: "Is that fit to eat?" You know, (laughs) but it's kind of like a little play on words, being fit, you know. Right, right. And uh, so it's not really diet food, but it's portion food. Gotcha. And it's um, and it's good food, and it's uh, high end food. So, um, you know, over the years we've had clients that's been with us for three well, four years now. That's mm. never been off the program. They'll oh, get nice. five lunches and five dinners every week. And um when we go on vacation or shut down for a week, they say well, we don't have any groceries in the house and we go in the store and look like it's a foreign land, we don't know what to buy. <laughs> <laughs> The, they usually gravitate towards the deli. Well, give me this and this and this, you know.
3: Right, right. But, okay, uh, cool.
1: and, you know, 20 years ago, that was the prediction, like, oh, yeah, in the future, home meal replacement is going to be the key. And it is. I mean, look at Blue oh. Apron. You know, it's it's crazy.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I don't, Blue Apron and those other ones, and my wife and I, we, we lived in Houston for many years. And she Mm -hmm. started her own cooking business where we did this. We kind of made the meals and and froze them and delivered them and sold them and that kind of stuff. We weren't making as much money as you're making. I'm not sure where we missed the boat on that. But the we thought about sending them out, you know, growing and sending them out to people. But we we did the research on the shipping and and the and the what it takes to ship these things out to people, and it was really expensive. And I don't understand how Blue Apron is making any money. are any of those I don't know how they're making any money yeah, at all. Yeah, I'm
1: not sure either. Um, they've definitely got a good shipping agreement going on with somebody but I but guess. we uh uh the 50 program in Birmingham, we deliver every Monday and Tuesday and uh or people can come by and pick up and um uh, and we'll do between um 5 and 600 meals every week. And wow. uh it's like clockwork. And um and it, it's it's busy. And, um yeah.
2: So, describe describe one or two um, lunch or dinner meals that you guys create for someone.
1: Okay. Um, one of one of the favorite ones that's asked for a lot is the whole wheat Asian noodles with uh, seared ahi tuna. Oh, okay. And uh, <clears throat> we may do some shaved fennel or something like that, uh, or a little slaw on the side of that. So it's a cold dish. And we'll usually have it for a Monday, like a Monday lunch. And each uh, mm. time we do fish or seafood, it'll be a Monday lunch or Monday dinner because we'll get the oh, seafood okay. in fresh, and then we'll cook it and cool it and then package it up. And um, let's see, another favorite is um, the uh, sweet potato shepherd's pie. And we got got mm. uh, several versions of that where we'll do a vegetarian one, That's um, and we'll grind um, – uh, portobello mushrooms up, um, and that's our meat per se. And oh, okay. Then, um, um, and then we'll layer it with vegetables, and and then and that, and then uh, we'll finish it with uh, mashed sweet potatoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that seems to be a favorite one. Uh, and there's yeah, a lot of good. favorite ones. And um,
2: yeah, I bet there is. I bet there is. We're gonna
1: do. We haven't done it yet, but we're gonna do a. Hey, send in your favorite meal, and then we're just gonna make one whole week of just customer favorites.
3: Oh, okay. Okay. Because we've got so
1: many loyal customers that, you know. And they'll call up and say, hey, that had a little too much salt in it or whatever. And we appreciate (laughs) that feedback, you know. Yeah, uh, for sure. We're constantly, you know, tweaking and working. And and, um, we always do some kind of a pizza or calzone or, or flatbread or something like that. Mm. Kinda as an homage to my wife and I, because that's where we met was at Pizza Hut. Oh, there you go. When I was oh, a cook great. and she was a waiter, so somebody asked me, "How yeah. come you always have pizza or calzone on your menu?" Well, that's <laughs> where darling and I met, and it's just kind of something we decided to keep on the menu. You these a things throwback.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. And these are meant to Everybody be Everybody loves the the microw- pizza or
1: calzone, you know.
2: Yeah, that's true too. And these things are meant to be thrown in the oven or microwave to heat up.
1: Yeah, you can microwave it, or you can pop it out into a metal container and um, and put it in the oven. We gotcha. got a couple of customers that just won't use the microwave, and that's fine.
3: Yeah.
2: Um,
1: nice. Oh yeah, and we always use we usually try to do a soup too, which is the least favorite, the least ordered, because everybody can customize their menu. Right. So like, yeah. if you want, if you hate the menu. But there's three things on the menu you like. You can get twenty of those if you want.
2: <laughs> That's pretty cool,
1: yeah, so we allow you That's to do that. So usually soup is the least ordered, but we'll still do thirty or forty soups every huh. week.
2: I'm surprised it doesn't so an, inc- yeah, i surprised it doesn't increase in the winter time.
1: It does a little it does yeah. a little. and any time we do a chili, whether it's vegetarian chili, black bean chili, white chili, always get ordered a lot of. Oh, yeah, I bet. I think just because of the familiarity of it, you know.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, for sure. I've got but some it's other. a great thing. Yeah. We have other... a couple of
1: doctors that oh, uh, yeah. actually order from us every week. And, um, you know, we have their endorsements on, and they tell patients. Uh, there's one patient they sent to us that after six months of eating, our that's all she ate was our food. And mm-hmm. she would fix her breakfast, but um, all she ate was our food. So we made her extra food for the weekend. And in six months, the doctor told her to tell us that we saved her life. And I'm like, Whoa Oh, wow!" Just because she, she was so malnourished from, you know, because she didn't want to cook for herself.
2: Oh, so she okay. Was yeah. Gosh. It's, so it's
1: it's uh it's kind of a ministry of its own too, you know.
2: Yeah, so that's for sure. Purpose. For sure, for sure. Well, other than a sharp knife, what kitchen tool can you not live with, and why?
1: Mm. Yeah, that's that's a hard one. Um, because I got I got a couple favorites, and and one is the offset spatula, just because I do a lot of baking and cake decorating and what have you. But um,
2: you got more than one. The
1: other one, the other one's like a bowl scraper. You know, just a little piece of plastic that's. Kind of shaped like a D, letter D. Uh
3: huh. Yep.
1: Yeah, that's one of my favorite tools. Oh. Yeah, microplane. You know, that's a, that's up there on the list too.
2: There's a lot of them. There's yeah, those.
1: I say I I would you know if I'm forced, those are going to be my top three.
2: Okay, I like yeah. it. I like it. What advice? We, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Gonna, go ahead.
1: Now I was going to no, say you know. There's a lot of knives out there. Um, everybody always asks me, oh, what kind of knife should I get? Just a sharp, good one. You know, not, you don't have to spend three or $400 on a knife unless you just want to. And, uh, right. Yeah, I'm fortunate enough to own um, some Quentin Middleton knives. Uh, he mm. hand-makes them. Yep. Uh, they're high professional. Uh, he's a Christian guy. He's actually deacon in his church. And... Um, Yeah, I bought uh, some of his first knives that he was still making outside (laughs) uh, on an anvil um, way back, I guess, six or seven, eight years ago. And uh, he is a master at his craft.
2: Is he up in Oregon?
1: No, he is in um, South Carolina.
3: South Carolina, okay.
1: Um, Maybe it's North Carolina. North Carolina or South Carolina? But uh, he travels a lot. He does a lot of a lot of shows where he'll bring his knives, and and uh, it's it's quentinmiddleton.com.
2: Okay. And, um, yeah, I was thinking yeah, of somebody he, else. But.
1: Yeah, he's he's fan- yeah. There's a lot of Bladesmiths out there, but um, but he's my favorite.
2: Oh, good. Cool. We'll put him. We'll put. We'll link his site to in the show notes and stuff, so people can go and. Use yeah, and I skills.
1: have you know, I have some of his knives. I can't really afford for my whole arsenal to be all his knives, so I, I got some bang around knives that I use. Right. But, uh, but his knives are just top quality.
3: Top quality.
2: So
1: those I don't, I don't usually let anybody else use except me. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: they're like they're your number one tool. You don't want to lend that out to anybody.
1: Yeah, I Honestly. keep it uh, rolled up in the office in here. <laughs>
2: What advice would you give a new culinary school graduate?
1: Uh, One of the biggest things is uh, keep studying because what you learned in culinary school is just a scratch of of what it's really like. And, um, you know, um, the Christian Culinary Academy forces in two years of culinary school into one year. Uh, So they have a lot of knowledge coming out of there, but you know the real world is a little different than school and um <clears throat> so keep studying keep um uh, now oddly enough i you know i teach but i also want to learn every day
3: mm-hmm. yeah you
1: know, an 80 year old grandmother makes a pound cake i want to watch her make that even though i make pound cake great something she does may make mine greater right um you know, i'm always looking at stuff online or watching a chef on on You know, Food Network or whatever. Just I may pick up one little technique or something I've never heard of before. You know, the day the day you know everything, it's time to pack your knives and go home uh, Mm because you'll never know everything. For
3: sure,
2: for sure. If you had to choose three herbs or spices for the next year, what would they be? And salt and pepper don't count.
1: Okay, I would say um, as far as herbs, uh, basil and thyme. And bay leaves, probably. Yeah, I could I could uh, deal with those for for a year. You said one year, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, I could handle that. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, rosemary kind of falls off because it's so strong. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I don't use that much, but um, but yeah, I'd say basil, cool. thyme, and uh, bay leaves would be my top um, spices. um... I love allspice berries, because um, that, that can go in a lot of different rubs and whatever. Um, paprika, especially smoked paprika, I use a lot of. Uh, okay. One more, you said. Uh, That's a tough one.
2: <laughs> that's okay. That's cool. Um,
1: that works. I'd say, you know, cinnamon sticks, star anise, you know, those... Mm-hmm. Can be used really well.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, I learned uh, learned how to do um, uh, stock for for Vietnamese pho, and I was surprised that you know you you got to use some split pork bones, and you got to use some dried fish in this stock, and you got to use some star anise. And I was huh. like, really, you know? <laughs> so when I I made it for the first time after learning how to do it. I was quite shocked at how delicious it was.
2: Oh, nice.
1: Nice. And, um,
2: once again, so that, keep that studying.
1: Was, and I love, there's a place in town here, it's called Tudu, and it's a Vietnamese um, uh, noodle house. And, and man, I've got to go there once a week.
3: It's just,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like an addiction.
3: <laughs> good stuff,
2: good stuff. What was the best lesson your father ever taught you?
1: Uh, probably, I'm just going to say hard work and, uh, perseverance, because he was, he was, um, uh, well, he's a retired master sergeant, Vietnam vet, um, tough dude, uh, now he's 81, sweet dude, not so (laughs) tough anymore, (laughs) uh, and he's a great grandpa, and he, uh, uh he's something but to this day he still works hard i mean even though he's retired he'll jump up uh my mom says oh i'm out of milk so he'll run to the store and get milk and then come back then she says you know i'm low on eggs and he'll dart right back out the door i mean (laughs) he don't let he don't sit down much he's just always going
3: (laughs) at 81. and uh
1: let's see my nephew needed something I, uh, yeah, my nephew needed a bed, in, which is his grandson, in Wisconsin. Uh-huh. So instead of calling the bed shop in Wisconsin and ordering a bed for him and paying for it online, he drove up there 14 oh hours, paid for the bed, spent the night, and came back the next day. I said, Dad, Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, he's crazy. So I'm going to say hard work and perseverance because uh, no that's him. That's
3: awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With,
2: your, um, with the catering business that you turned over to your, your capable children, what is the most successful te- technique that you've used to build that business back in the day?
1: Uh, I think value for money, you know, and, um, okay. you know, real super service. I mean, and we don't allow anybody to work for us that doesn't love it, you know, that's not their passion. Um. I've, I've actually steered a couple of employees away from us. when I, Once I realized what their real passion was, I was like, you don't need to be here. You need to be doing, like, for instance, one guy was a mechanic. His favorite thing was to rebuild an engine,
3: mm-hmm. and he was
1: always working on engines. And I said, well, why aren't you in a mechanic shop? He said, well, I love working for you and Darlene. I said, well, I understand that, but this isn't your passion. Right. And um, he said, well, I like it. I said, I understand. I said, you've got two <laughs> weeks to work here, and I want you to go find a job in a mechanic shop. Because you you're, all you're doing is cleaning up for us and doing light prep. You can clean up in a garage and may, probably make more money than you're making for me.
3: Yeah, no kidding.
1: So <clears throat> it took him about three weeks to find a job, and he left. And about a year later, he came back and said, thank you so much. He said, I've already moved up to mechanic. I'm happy. I'm making so much money now. That's you know, awesome. Like, See, there, you're in your passion. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> and so that's what yeah. I try to develop. And the kids that I mentor now and the uh, the guys that are in drug rehab programs that I mentor now, you know, I try to weed out their passion. They, they can all come to the kitchen because it's an easy place to fit in if you're a misfit.
2: Right, yeah. But
1: when I find out your passion is not this, then we try to find out what it is, and then I try to push them towards that.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool.
1: And all my kids, you know, I forced them to go work at other places and other styles of jobs, and they all came back, you know.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so that was that was okay. kind of cool.
2: Back to the kitchen. Back to the kitchen.
1: Yep. Well,
2: I have uh, one question left. It's the challenge question, and then we can you can tell us how to get in touch with you, and then I will. We'll say goodbye, and I'll let you get on with your, your day, because I know you're really busy. Okay. The challenge question is, you receive a request to cater a dinner party for 25 guests mm-hmm. with a budget of $500, $20 a piece. Mm-hmm. The, men- the menu is to include two hors d'oeuvres, two main courses, and a dessert. And what would you create? Describe the menu.
1: Let's see. <clears throat> uh for an app I would probably do um i would probably either do um smoked pork sliders uh like pulled pork slider or a um boneless short rib slider Ooh, uh, those are good. real popular or this this would be the the one order uh, a choice of these three i think would be the sliders our micro BLT. We do we do that a lot of those. Which is just a really small roll and we do um about a half a piece of bacon on it, um, a basil leaf or micro greens. And then we stick a, a grape tomato with a pig in the top of the bun.
3: Oh, okay. That's,
1: a, that's our little micro BLTs. That's, that's popular. Um another popular one we do is um like a bacon wrapped uh chicken. We just will cut chicken tenders up into three or four pieces and mm. wrap a half some of bacon around it. And then we'll um, put our barbecue rub on the chicken, and, and then we'll finish it with a little, uh, just a tiny bit of barbecue sauce. Mm. That's a, a really fast, fast goer at a, at a party.
2: Yeah, I bet. I bet.
1: Um, All right. Being on the coast here, we can get, we got access to a lot of uh, seafood. So grilled and chilled shrimp uh is our one of our biggest sellers we'll we'll do the 1620s we'll um brine them for about an hour and then Uh we'll uh, season them rinse them off season them and then grill them and then pull them right off and let them get cold and then Mm. we'll um, do some kind of like spicy aioli or whatever and um, some some people still want the cocktail sauce so we'll have that available but we try to steer them you know show them something new Right. Uh, We'll do soy reduction, that kind of thing. Um, So, if I had to pick all that, and also the seared ahi tuna is a big one. So, if I had to (laughs) pull all that down to two apps, let's do um, the boneless uh, beef short ribs, and let's Uh do uh, a crab cake station.
3: Oh, there you go.
1: Little miniature crab cakes, um, and we'll put those either on a cucumber. Or on a small little um, uh, like a hash brown. Oh, okay. And then we put a little dot of uh, little sauce on top. So that, that's the two apps uh, for the main. Uh, since we didn't do shrimp on the app, let's do uh, shrimp and grits. We do um, we do like a roasted tomato grits. And then we'll do a smoked gouda grit so we have two different grits one's red and one's kind of a yellowish <laughs> then in between that we'll saute uh, shrimp with andouille sausage or chorizo or whatever you know we decide to do mm-hmm. and then we'll add in a separate shafer, so when the guests come up they can get just grits or they can get just shrimp and sausage or they can get it all combined oh okay very clever um, mm-hmm. Second one, let's do, um, yeah, probably a big seller uh, is the grilled lemon chicken with, um, I mean, sc- excuse me, the grilled uh, Caribbean jerk chicken with a mango barbecue sauce. That's a big seller.
2: Okay. And what did you do for
1: the grits and the Caribbean jerk chicken and then the crab cake yep. slider. Sounds cool. good.
2: Yes, that and was
1: good.
2: Yes, a dessert.
1: Um, probably either the chocolate roulade that we do, which is like a flourless chocolate cake uh, filled with whipped cream and rolled. Um, or our carrot cake is like a huge seller.
3: All right.
2: Love it.
1: Very yeah, 20 bucks will cover all that. I mean... Yeah. You know, you're gonna find a lot of caterers charge a lot more than twenty bucks for that. But
3: oh, absolutely.
1: Being a non-profit I just have to make a little bit. You know, we'll we'll spend all the money. You know, eighty percent of the money we'll spend on labor and high-end food. Right. And anything left over is what we put into that escrow account.
2: Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, how can people get in touch with you, the catering business, um, the church? So how can we get in touch with you? Yeah,
1: um, you? the uh, see, the Birmingham business is chefbob.com. That's easy. Um, the Pensacola uh, Catering Company is olivecatering.org. And then um, Christian Chefs International is uh, christianchefs.org. And uh, so you can you can find me through any any of those websites. All right. And then uh, our base here in Pensacola is Olive Baptist Church, and it's OliveBaptist.org.
2: Sounds good. Well, Bob, thank you very much for spending time with me yeah. today. I really appreciate it. I know you're really busy, and be safe in your travels up to Oregon in the yeah, coming weeks. Yeah, no week. problem,
1: man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah watch I'm for sorry. our Facebook page. Um, and, and you'll see, you know, things happening. We'll Sounds good. I'll do Come that. On. All right, brother. Great.
2: Thanks, man. Have a great afternoon.
1: You too. Uh
2: huh. Bye bye.
0: Bye. Be sure to visit us at aoachef.com for all the show notes. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at aoachef. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.